Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Welcome those watching right now on the live stream. It's good to have you with us this morning. I trust you got your Bibles or your Bible app. Just go ahead and get them open. We believe the same presence that's here is right there with you. We believe God's got something for it for you, and you're going to get it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you got your Bibles this morning? How many can flash back years ago in a time far, far away, and you stepped into that one class that maybe you hadn't got A's in, like me, maybe you just barely skimmed by, by the, you know, skin of your chinny-chin-chin. And the teacher proclaims at the beginning of the class, today, we're going to have a pop quiz. Now, if that was me, I'd be sinking down in my chair. And because that moment was so awesome, because we want to bring that into the forefront today, you are going to have a pop quiz this morning. So get out your paper and your pencils, students. And you're now in the classroom, and we're going to have a pop quiz. Now, if you really want to get the bang from your buck, you may want to get a piece of paper out, or maybe you can just write it down, you know, in your reminders or wherever you go in your phone to write things down. And let's see how you do on the answers to these questions. Now, I know that you are students of the word, and this is going to be a breeze. However, even in light of that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to have you speak to us through the word of God. And so, Lord, help each one of us to have listening ears. Not an ear that's looking for information, but a heart that's hungry for revelation. A heart that wants to discover who we are in Christ. A heart that wants to discover what you've given us in terms of our blessings of redemption. And also, Lord, a heart that wants to discover what you will to do through us. Because we are all members of the body of Christ. And you've gifted and endowed us with heavenly gifts to share with others. And so we thank you for your help right now by the Holy Spirit. Everyone believe and said, Amen. Now, I'd offer a hint this morning. Remember, we're having communion today. <clears throat> so there could be a chance that maybe some of these answers could be directed that way. I also want you to realize that many times that there isn't one answer that's right because the Bible likes to use various ways of describing things in a lot of different areas and uses a lot of different words that mean the same thing. 
So you may have a different word that I have, but that doesn't mean that your question is wrong. Or I mean, excuse me, that your answer is wrong. Okay? So how many, how many are ready for the test? I got two. There's, there's a reluctant three. Oh, there's one that's bold. Four. Good. You're ready, huh? All right. And then, of course, you'll have to grade yourself after the service. And if you did good, tell everybody. And if you didn't do so good, just talk about the weather. Amen. Question number one. Why did Jesus come to the earth? Why did Jesus come to the earth? The youth can participate too. You got a, you got your, you're you writing this down? Come on now, I want to get you engaged. I'm going to get you engaged. Now this is, this is, this is, Christianity 101. Why did Jesus come to the earth? Give you a moment now that you're scrambling to find something to write down the answer. We're going to extract our answer from a scripture you all know. Let's go to John. Anybody know what chapter? 3, verse 16. We're answering the question, Jesus, why did you come to the earth? It says here that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, I like how the door is open to every individual, regardless of any outward appearance or behavior is open to everybody. Truth be told, if I can get in, anybody can get in. Whosoever does what? Believeth in him shall not perish, but to have everlasting life. So my answer to that question, why did Jesus come to the earth? He came to give us life. He came to give us God's life. Because that's something that we lacked. And something that we needed to be a part of his kingdom. Question number two. How did Jesus give us life? Now, it was God's will for us to have life. That's why Jesus came. But how did he impart it to us? The question is, how did Jesus give us life? And this is a question that 80% of all Christians can't answer. They don't know. How did Jesus give us life? We're going to extract the answer from Colossians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 12. It tells us to give thanks to the Father, that be the 
Father God or the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has qualified us. That's an important truth. All that we have from him isn't based on our merit. He has qualified us to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's you and I. Verse 13, he has delivered us from what? The power and the authority of darkness. And he has conveyed, King James says, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14, here's our answer. In whom we have redemption in whom we have everlasting life, in whom we have salvation, how? Through his blood, which encompasses the forgiveness of sins. When I think of the blood of Jesus, I think of a heavenly currency. You see, there was nothing down here on earth that could pay the price that you and I owed. We couldn't pay it through good works. We couldn't pay it through what our nationality is. We couldn't pay it from anything from this world because this world is tainted with sin. And so man was without hope. Man was without life. God's life. And in order to give it to us, he had to purchase it. How did he purchase it? Through his blood. Now you see, that's why we know that there's no other way to God. How many religions are on the earth today that boast that they have the way to salvation? They have the way to a better life after they live, leave here. Yet every one of those religions are man-made and have no heavenly life, nor anything to purchase that life. And so that's why God needed a God-man to be our Savior. He had to be a man so he could represent us, but he had to be God so that his blood would be from heaven since God is his Father. And his blood would not be tainted with anything of this world. And that's how he purchased us. Through his blood. Now question three. This really has four parts to it. So we know why Jesus came. If he came to give me life, that means I needed life. 
Remember, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We know how he brought this life to you and I. He, he put his life flow, his blood, on the altar of God in heaven, the holies of holies. And he placed that blood to atone for our sin condition. That's why we say we've been redeemed. That's what redeemed means, to be purchased, to be bought back. But question three is, what four redemptive blessings did the blood of Jesus purchase? What four redemptive blessings did his blood purchase? Now, it's important for us to know this, or how else can we receive what his blood has purchased? Too many people go through life and they think that God will just implement his will in their life automatically. They don't realize they have, they have to have a part in receiving what God wills for them. And so when we learn what has already been purchased for us, then all we have to do is receive it. Now, you already know the first one. Don't you? The first thing that the blood of Jesus purchased is found here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Oh, you got one right? Yeah, see, if you get something right, tell everybody. <laughs> it says, in him, and, and this, this phrase, in him, is found over 140 times in Scripture. And it's talking about you. You are in whom? You are in him. You are in Christ. You are of him. And if you'll go through the epistles and look for those phrases, you'll find 140 things that's talking about who you are, what you have, and what you've been given. And when you and I discover that, then we can go, wow, that's mine. And then just receive it by faith. So in him, we have what? Redemption. We've been purchased. How? Through his blood. And then it begins to give more details. It says the forgiveness, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now this verse is talking about what we term salvation. And let me say this explicitly and boldly. Salvation is not simply the forgiveness of sins. That's the fruit of salvation. Your salvation is a spiritual birth. You see, our spirit was void of life. We were held captive in our trespasses and sins. We had a fallen sin nature, and that's why we were separated from God. 
it wasn't as much what we had done wrong. It was all about who we had become. And so when we received that gift of salvation, we became a new creature in Christ. We were, as Jesus said in John chapter 3, we were spiritually born again. And we became brand new creatures in Christ. So I'm not just an old soul that got patched up. You know, he forgave me of this, he forgave me of that. Uh-uh, honey. I'm a, I'm a new creature. I'm a brand new species that never existed before. I'm brand new, and now I have the attributes of God inside of me. I got his love. I got his faith. I've got his desires. Because he's my daddy, and I'm his kid. Amen? So his blood has removed that sin nature and has made you like him. That's why you can walk and talk with him because you're of the same species. And his blood was given to save us so that we could be born again. What's the second redemptive blessing? Now, I'm doing really good on this test because I got all the answers written down. So I, I get it. It's a little different out there. <laughs> but you know, I found that sometimes asking questions is the, is the motor of getting answers. And so we're extracting answers today. It's just what Jesus did. He was always asking questions. I mean, he had a blind man come up to him. And Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want me to do for you? Duh, Jesus, he wants to see. But he asked him a question, not because he didn't know the answer, so he could locate whether he had faith or not. First John, chapter 1 verse 9. This is the second blessing that we have in terms of our redemption. And you understand there's, there's more than four. There's probably 400. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we tell the Lord what we've done wrong, that's what he, he's saying when he says when you confess your sins. Understand that you already have a mediator between you and God. His name is Jesus. So you don't have to go to a man to get forgiveness from God. Your mediator is Jesus. He's your high priest. He's before the throne of God on your behalf. He's your attorney. I said he's a Jewish lawyer before the throne of grace. Amen? So when I go to God and I tell him, hey, I blew it here, look what God does. He is faithful and what? Just. Other translations say righteous. To do what? 
to forgive us our sins. Now, you know that we are, we're a new creature in Christ through salvation, but when we make a mistake, then we got to wash that wrongdoing out of our life. I call this verse the bar of soap to get cleaned up. He's faithful and just to do what? Forgive. And when you hear the word forgive, I want you to insert another word with it. Forget. Forget. How do I know when I've forgiven my brother? When I stop thinking about what he's done wrong to me. And I forget. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And here, here's the bar of soap. And to cleanse us. How do you know that I need to be cleaned up every once in a while? Well, let's get real. Every day. <laughs> every day. Every day. I'll miss somewhere. But you know, there he is. Did you notice in this verse of scripture there isn't a... A number that says how many times you can do this for that same thing you've done wrong? See, that's a religious thing. I used to pray like this before I knew what the Bible said. When I did something wrong and I felt guilty, I'd go to God and I'd say, now if you'll just forgive me one more time for this, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll never do it again. Has anyone played uh, Monty Hall, let's make a deal with God? You know, we're, we're trying, <laughs> let's make a deal. Yeah, hey, I'll do this if you'll do that. And that's not our relationship with God. It's his will to forgive us every time. Every time. Why? Because the blood has already been applied. You're already forgiven. You're just receiving another dose. So when you go to receive forgiveness from the Lord, you, you just start thanking him that he's already purchased it for you. Tell him what he's done about it. Don't tell him what you're going to do to get it. Thank you for your blood. I'm sorry I did this. I'm wrong. I turned from it. I ask you to forgive me. And guess what he does? He is faithful and righteous to forgive and to forget our sins, plural, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Next, number three. Now here's one that could be something maybe you haven't considered before. What's the fourth redemptive blessing that has been purchased for you and I? It's over here in Revelation. <laughs> Chapter 12, Revelation 12, a webbin. You silly wabbit. And they, all that believe on him, overcame him. That would be the devil and his works. How? By the blood of the Lamb. They overcome our enemy. I like what it says in this translation. They have conquered him. 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You see, the Bible points out that we have an enemy. We have an evil kingdom that's come to steal and kill and to destroy us. But no matter what the enemy enemy brings towards us, whatever strategy he brings, whatever assignment that he has against us, the victory against him in our behalf has already been provided, and it's through his blood. Not too many people in present-day Christendom pleads the blood of Jesus. There are times when a strategy is lodged against us, and you just know the enemy's behind it. Yeah, he's using people, but he's the one influencing the people. And it looks like it's, there's no way you're going to get out of this. You can just look at that strategy that I plead the blood over you right now. I say the blood of Jesus is against you. And I say I'm delivered from that strategy in Jesus' name. You see, the blood is so powerful. There were times that we would pray over this property. And we say, Lord, put a, put a, a ring of blood, the blood of Jesus around this property, that none of the enemy's attacks would come nigh us. And when you put faith in his blood, the victory's now yours. Fourth, but not least, what else did the blood purchase? What other redemptive blessing is ours for the taking? Someone up there is getting excited. <laughs> this is in Isaiah. And many scriptures in the Old Testament, when God is giving us a word of prophecy, is that the prophet himself is able to look through the corridors of time and see Jesus before he has even come to the earth. And this is what Isaiah is doing. Isaiah was looking down the corridors of time, I'm guessing anywhere from 400 to 600 years before Jesus was born in flesh. And he saw Jesus on the cross by the Holy Spirit. Notice what it said about what he saw. Surely, and I'm reading from the Young's literal translation. Surely our sickness hath he bore. Now from the King James, the translators saw fit to call sicknesses griefs. But if you look up that Hebrew word griefs, you'll find out it says sickness. And that's how the Young's literal translated. 
So surely our sicknesses has he bore, and our pains he hath carried them. That's what sorrows are from the Hebrew, pains. And we have esteemed him, talking of Jesus, we see him plagued. Plagued. Apparently, this COVID virus was put on him. Smitten of God and afflicted. And he is pierced for our transgressions. He is bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace is on him. And get this. And by his bruise, there is healing for us. By and with his stripes. Now notice what it says here. Notice what it says here. It says we are healed. It doesn't say we're going to be healed. Now see, we're looking through the eyes of God. Too many times we look at our current circumstances and don't see that what we're experiencing has already been paid for so that we don't have to experience it. Amen? <clears throat> so the blood of Jesus has also purchased healing for our body. Because not only did Jesus pay the spiritual price for us, but he also took care of that sin, of which sickness is one of them. So our redemptive blessings, our salvation, they are forgiveness when we miss the mark, they are being able to be delivered from the works of the enemy. And that physical healing is a blessing that has already been purchased. Now, when I was, when I was brought up, I was in a church with good people, sincere people, but they were walking in a light of the word of God that was over 500 years old. And they, didn't, they did the best they could. And I, I, I thank God for them. They were a stepping stone to get me to that place where I found Jesus. But they always conveyed communion as a ritual. And they would tack it on somewhere in the service. And it, and it became just that. It, it became just a form of religion. And we would just go and take the communion. Well, I got it. I, I took it. Whew. That was my religious duty today, to take communion. I got it. I'm good. But that's not why communion was brought into our day-to-day -day walk with Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus instituted, made communion a part of our relationship with him so we would have a point of contact to receive redemptive blessings into our life. 
You see, you and I, we receive salvation on purpose. We didn't just wake up one morning and go, oh, wow, I'm saved. No, the Bible says that as many as receive him, to them they're given the power to be the sons of God. No, salvation is a choice. Yes, it starts with believing in him, but then you choose him to be a part of your life and you call upon his name. It's a choice. And so here, as we're about to partake of communion, we need to first determine what we want to receive at communion. Did you hear me? Remember, these, these redemptive blessings are already yours. They're already mine. But it takes an act of my will to receive them into my life. Look what it says in that chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. It says before a person takes communion, it says, let that person, I'm in 1128, he says, let that person examine himself. Then let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Notice what comes before taking communion. Examining what I need from him. So someone out there watching right now, you may need salvation. Yeah, you believe in Jesus, but you don't remember a point in time where you invited him into your life to be your Savior. You can do that right now as we take communion. Or maybe you're a believer and, you know, there's something going on in your life that you know it isn't right. And you want it to be removed. You want it to be forgotten. At the communion table... You can give that to the Lord. Or maybe you're facing something that's bigger than you. It's a strategy the enemy's brought against you. Almost seems like a conspiracy. And you want delivered from it. You want to put the enemy at bay. You can do that here the communion table. Or maybe you got physical symptoms in your body. Maybe you have a, an evil report from the doctor and says this is going on and you know there's, we're really going to try and help you but there, there, just, there just isn't a whole lot we can do. Well we can go to Dr. Jesus. He's a lot better than Dr. Phil. And he can, that healing that he's already purchased, we can receive it. I said, we can receive it. And remember, all these redemptive blessings are gifts. They're gifts. They can't be earned. They're not deserved. They're just freely given. 
it requires receiving it from him to activate them in our life. Amen. So I'd like the ushers to come and I want you to pass out both the bread and the cup. And what we're going to do is that we're going to take this together as a family. So just hang on to the bread, hang on to the cup. I know it's a balancing act and I know you can do it. And we're going to do it together. And understand that Jesus gave communion, not some church. So it was open to everybody. You hear me? I've been in some churches and I came for, forward for communion and the priest wouldn't give it to me. That's okay. They can do it that way at their place. But I know that communion is open to all of us. All of humanity. All of humanity. Because Jesus didn't die for a religion. He died for humanity. So go ahead and take the bread, hang on to it, and the cup. Determine what you need. Don't just take the bread and the cup and go without anything. Get something. He gave his life so we could have that blessing. Let's take it. Let's honor him and take what he's purchased. you heard. Have you been served? Good. Amen. We're going to open up the, the first Corinthians chapter 11. And this is the revelation of the apostle Paul that the Lord allowed him to see in a vision that night in which Jesus took bread. And so here it says, the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Now understand that this 
this cracker or this bread that we hold in our hand is a, is a symbol, is an emblem of the body of Jesus Christ. It's not his body. It's a point of contact to release our faith in what his body provided. Does that make sense? See, everything in the kingdom of God is spiritual, but we use natural examples. He's, he gave thanks for the body of Jesus, and then he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. I want you to see that his body was broken with sickness. It was broken with a, you know, premature death. It was broken so that we could have health, vitality, and length of days. It's the Lord's will that we all live out our life, fulfilling all that he has for us. And the only way we can do that is to have health and healing in our flesh. And so if you need healing this morning, or, now let me, let me say this, some of you have already released your faith and believe you receive your healing. Well then, you're just going to thank him that you got it. But if you've got a condition in your body that you haven't lifted up to the Lord, right now is the time to do that. And that which he did 2,000 years ago will become yours in the now. So lift the body of the Lord up to him now. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that when he hung on that cross, when he received those stripes, you put my sickness, my diseases upon him, and he carried them away. I believe what Peter said, that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I now receive healing from my body according to the word of God. And when I partake of this, which, when I partake of this, which is your body, I will believe in my heart that by your stripes I was healed. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Let's partake. This cup represents a heavenly currency. It represents the blood of God. It represents everlasting life that only God can give. And this cup purchased you and I. When we put faith in this cup, we can receive salvation. We can receive forgiveness of sins. And we can apply the blood just like the Israelites did. They applied the blood of the lamb over the lintel and the doorposts of the house, and death passed over them. 
we too can post the blood of Jesus over our life in any area and the strategies of the enemy must pass over. So what do you need this morning? Do you need salvation? Do you need forgiveness? You need the blood to bring deliverance and protection. Let's lift the cup to him without spilling it. <laughs> Say this after me, Father in heaven. I hold in my hand the currency of heaven, the blood of God. I put my faith in the blood of Jesus. And I ask you to come into my life. I'm asking you now to become my Savior. I confess you now as my Lord, and I receive a spiritual birth. I lift up to you those things I've done wrong. I was wrong, and I turned from that. I ask you to forgive me. And when I partake of this cup, the blood of the covenant, my sins will be forgiven. My sins will be forgotten. And now I speak to that strategy. I speak to that attack of the enemy. And I say the blood of Jesus is against you. I say the blood of Jesus is applied in my behalf. And now you must pass over me in Jesus' name. Let's partake of the cup. Oh, thank you, Lord. Did you receive something? Then thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm different. Things have changed. Things have happened. According to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just one last thing. You guys can take communion anytime you want. You don't need somebody in a fancy uniform to serve you communion. It's his table. And you can take it at home with your children. You can take it anytime you feel you need it. Now, don't do what I did, but one time I felt like the Lord wanted me to take communion, and I was in a place where I didn't have any bread, and I, I didn't have any juice. And the Holy Spirit told me, get a little bit of water and rip off a piece of paper from your notebook, the bread. And I had communion with a little piece of paper and a little sip of water. But you know, they're just symbols. It's the faith in the symbols that manifests his blessings to you. Amen. So we have a potluck lunch prepared for you. And so we'd like you to stay as long as you don't have somewhere you have to go. Please don't feel like you had to bring something. We always have more than enough. We always leave here with food. 
It's kind of like the 12 baskets left over scenario. So please stay with us. Uh, we'll, someone will instruct us how we get in line and how we do this. But let me pray over the fellowship and pray over the lunch. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I declare that the food is good. I declare it blessed now and sanctified uh, by the word. And Lord, I thank you that is blessed and good to our body. You have a blessing for them to receive. Thank you. Amen. Thanks for coming out. Glory to God.